Hello, folks. Welcome to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. It is Bill Gallagher with you again this morning. And as always, we have a weather report. It is absolutely beautiful out today. The first day, it's actually been cool outside. And, oh, man, I'm revved up. I really love this weather. A little sweater. Sweater. Wow, wow. Yeah, sweater. Weather? Boy, say that twice. There you go. First try. So, you know, first try. Uh, I've got a very special guest. I'm not going to introduce him yet because I have to give a shout-out to Daytona Dodge Chrysler Ram Jeep um, Maserati Alpha, you know, our partners over there at, at Daytona Dodge for their amazing support for, gosh, the last multiple number of years and for the race to stop suicide efforts that they're putting forward. And uh, we've got a, a very famous driver, Daniel Dye. We're going to talk to him sometime. I'm not sure which, which. It might be pretty darn soon here. We'll see. But anyway, he's doing very well. And he's carrying the solar colors across the nation. And, oh, you know what? You will not believe this. Guess who just walked in our office? Championship driver, Mr. Daniel Dye. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. What do you think, man? This is this is some weather, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I get to put on a jacket the last uh, two days. You know, it's it's nice not having to, you know, start sweating eight seconds after you walk out the door. So get to wear a jacket for, you know, the last couple of days is nice. It is really nice. Okay. We're going to have a little fun here today, folks. I want you to raise your hand, not if you're driving, okay? And if you are driving, just raise one hand. How many people out there have allergies other than Daniel and I? Raise yeah. your hand. We've, we've got some allergies going on. How many do you see out there, Dan? I well, right now, I don't see any of them. We're in this <laughs> office, but I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's a couple of them just like us. Well, you, if you're listening and you have allergies, I think that maybe it has something to do with the weather. I don't know, but I love fall. I love the leaves changing. It's just so awesome. Yeah, it's uh, Claritin makes good money this time of year. I had to <laughs> I had to take a Claritin this morning, so uh, yeah. But it's nice. It's I think it's worth it. So Daniel is uh, he's got multiple careers. One we're going to talk about extensively, but a brand new one is uh, selling out at the Alpha Maserati shop, and and I think we're one of your first customers. Thank you very much. Yeah, how's the car been? Good. <laughs> it's been pretty good. We're getting it. We're getting it logoed. We're having a logo, and it's really going to be neat because you'll be able to see it from the space shuttle. It's so big. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah. You showed me that. It's going to look good. But yeah, selling cars has been fun. I think we counted them. I think I'm at maybe eleven now. All so right. uh, yeah, pretty good start. Well, you've only been doing it a few days. <laughs> just... Yeah, just uh, probably collectively about twenty days now. So probably six or seven weeks with three days apiece. So. Yeah. Well, folks, if you haven't been out to the Daytona Dodge and the Alpha and all that, you need to take a trip out there. There is some really cool hot rides out there. Um, everything from Dodge Chargers to, to Jeeps to Maseratis. And uh, what was that you were showing me the other day in there? What was that hot ride in the Alpha place? Yeah, so we have a 2005 Ferrari. And then since you um, have got that car, we've actually got a – um, 2017 Dodge Viper in, and uh, I think a 2020 um, Mustang Shelby GT500 in. It's like oh, bright no, orange, kid. just like the race car. So, uh, yeah, a couple of cool cars in there for sure. So we need to take a couple hot laps in, down uh, Tomoka Farm Road. I didn't say that, folks. Take that out. <laughs> but you know, you do have the perfect place to kind of test cars when you think you got it straight away. A little bit of a, a hairpin, another straightaway, another hairpin, and you're back home. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, you can't test cars too crazy. I have I've heard some stories about people that have uh, gotten in trouble testing those cars a little too much. But uh, yeah, it's uh, for when you when you take somebody on a test drive and they have that long straight. You know, they there's a couple people that like to get after it and figure out what they're driving. Yeah, they're tempted for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, be safe out there, folks. This is not an endorsement for speeding for sure. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> let me tell you an endorsement for speeding. That's for Daniel Die Daniel. We've known each other for many, many moons now and uh, started, got together with uh, down there in New Smyrna Short Track. Start, t- tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, 
Let's see, I was probably, what, 11 or 12 when you came on? No, it was probably 10 when you came on board. Um, and I was racing quarter midgets uh, out at New Smyrna Speedway. So um, to anybody that's listening, if you've been to New Smyrna Speedway and wondered what that little track that looks like you should race remote control cars on in the uh, infield over there on the right side of the racetrack, um, that's a, a track for kids. You can race from uh, ages 5 to 16. And uh, I ran there from the time I was eight, about eight and a half, till I was, uh, let's see, I was, it was November of the year I was 14 was my last race. So, uh, so about, about six years. Um, and, and that was, that was a lot of fun. We traveled, um, to Tampa a couple times, man, uh, Phoenix, Indy, Texas, uh, let's see, Pocono. North Carolina, Georgia, all over the place uh, to go race those. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I raced those cars with. Uh, one of my best friends, you know, me and him, uh, we're racing together from the start. So, you know, almost 11 years now uh, we've been friends because I turned 19 this year and I was 8 when I started. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a pretty cool start, you know, just introduction to racing. Um to be honest with you, I wasn't very good when I started. It, it took me a while to win, and then uh, we started winning a lot, and then finally, uh, you know, made the jump into the big cars. Yeah, need to go back and uh, talk about what inspired you to get involved in racing. Talk about dad. Yeah, um, I don't know really how interested I was. Um, I mean, I was excited about it when when I knew it was going to happen, but I don't think I don't remember it really being my idea. Um, so my dad took me out to to that track um when i was little i was probably four or five and uh he just brought me out there and i enjoyed watching the cars and stuff and thought it was cool and he probably asked me if i wanted to do it and i said yeah and that was all he needed to get going so i think you know my dad being a big car guy and loving racing all his life um obviously it'd be pretty cool to see your son racing so i think i think it started as his idea um, and and the idea to keep going and be where we're at today is it was my idea. Jeez, you know I think it was we were at an event like last night I guess with your dad talking and it was it was kind of interesting. We were talking about uh, Kyle Petty came up and Kyle really wanted to race motorcycles and his dad was a real you know, Richard Petty. Everybody knows him. It was just like, gosh, you know he 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 came into it in a different way too, didn't he? Yeah, it's uh, it's different when you know it's it's a generational thing. So. You know, my dad raced, my grandpa's into racing, um, so it's not like something that, like, just out of the blue, I'm like, hey, this is cool, I want to try it, but it was something that, you know, our family has liked, um, both on my dad's side, you know, they like racing, on my mom's side, they like racing too, but they like dirt racing, um, but yeah, it was it was cool, I've, I've enjoyed it since we've got started, um, been a lot of cool places, done a lot of cool things, got to, uh, you know, race Daytona this year, and Talladega, and all those big tracks, so... Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's um, a super cool experience, but a lot of cool people. Um, you know, just want to keep doing it as long as I can. Well, let's let's go from uh, from the new Smyrna track and and then uh, into the Ben Kennedy experience and our friend uh, Jimmy Kitches. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, going from you know New Smyrna Speedway on that little track, um, then when I turned fifteen, we started running on the big track at New Smyrna, and uh, with with Jimmy Kitchens and Ben Kennedy Racing. Um, ran pro late models with him uh let's see about a year or two um won the new smyrna speedway pro late model championship traveled a little bit 
to Pensacola, um, Cordial, Georgia, places, you know, kind of, kind of close. And then we started venturing out a little bit and, uh, you know, for instance, next weekend we'll go to Nashville, um, for a big race and then, you know, go to the snowball derby and, um, start doing the big races. Um, and then I think I was, I might've been 16, um, yeah, I was 16 and I ran two, two ARCA races. Um, I ran New Smyrna Speedway and Pensacola that year with Ben Kennedy racing. Uh, then the year that I was 17, uh, that was last year, I uh, I ran four races with them. I ran New Smyrna, Pensacola, Dover, and one other track. I can't remember, but um, Nashville. And uh, they kind of gave me my start in the ARCA series. Um, then it started not going so well, and um, a couple things came up to where we could move to GMS racing. And, uh, you know, pretty much without really any bump in the road we started running really good our first two races didn't go great finished right outside of the top five and then uh out of the blue i lead 198 of 100 of 200 laps at berlin speedway and uh you know from there we start moving forward and getting top threes and leading laps and uh like nothing ever happened so um it's it's just been a, a cool deal to you know go from racing with Ben and learning, you know, kind of the basics about racing. Um, and then, you know, go to GMS racing and learn about all the aerodynamics and the mechanics and stuff that everything that goes into, um, you know, being at the top level of the sport. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the Ben Kennedy racing, they're at the top of their top of their levels. Talk a little bit about, uh, I've really had the good fortune to be able to travel with you on some of these trips in uh, Pensacola. The first time I went there, I could not believe the Snowball Derby. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the Snowball Derby is is crazy. Um, you know, that's that's so many race fans' vacation for the year because it's a week-long event. Um, you qualify on Friday. Um, got it? What are you doing? Am I messing with it? I, uh... Um, Sorry guys, I was I was messing with the microphone just, and just at the speed limiter on the microphone. So, there you go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, Pensacola. Yeah, snowball derby. Uh, it's a week long event. Um, I think you qualify on Thursday or Friday. There's a last chance qualifier that's almost as big as the real race on Saturday or maybe Friday night. Um, you know, they race I think probably seven or eight different classes over the weekend, um, but it's just huge. It's the biggest late super late model race of the entire year people come from canada um people come from washington state you know they come to the whole opposite corner of the united states to race this race and uh it's just it's just a super cool event um you know it's it's a different type of racing than than the arca stuff the nascar stuff um but it's a lot of fun you see you know some of the nascar cup series guys come and race um chase elliott's won it a couple times kyle bush has won it a couple times Christopher Bell, um, trying to think who else, um, all kinds of people, um, and it's just just one of those races that if you can if you can win it, it's just you know something that that people think highly about. Um, I don't think you know it's it's one of those things. It's tough. These guys that come from California, um, one for instance is Derek Thorne. He's he's way ahead of the game, and everybody's kind of chasing him when it comes to the snowball derby. So. Um, we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna give it our best shot this year. Um, it's really hard to make the race and just to qualify in. Um, but I've done it both times. I've tried 
um, going to go try and do it again this this year and then, uh, you know, try and win the trophy. Well, we're going to definitely try to make that up here with you because that is a fun place to go. I mean, I think your dad and I uh, parked two and a half miles away from the track and walked to it. There's so many. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how many people go to that race, and you do have to park you know a crazy amount away and uh and uh walk all the way to the track they should knock some trees down in that parking lot and yeah, we just stop give us more room we just stopped and have lunch twice before we got there so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was cool. yeah so so that was quite the experience and then the arca you know some of these are you were talking about berlin i mean you you dominated that race at berlin and then two laps before the end you didn't tell the whole story what happened two laps before the end oh yeah so that was that was this year i uh I led every lap until I think six or seven to go, and the uh, the car just shut off. So um, I, I won the race last year, Berlin. I led 198 of 200 laps uh, and won it. And then this year, I, I got the pole. I started first and led every lap until um, I think lap 194, and the car shut off. And uh, that was that. But um, yeah, it's a tough deal. You know, you you lead and dominate the race, and uh, you know you just sitting there enjoying the ride and, and leading all these laps and uh, it comes down to you know a, a small mechanical failure and it takes you out of winning the race you know it, it, it's kind of the same feeling as you have when you're getting low on gas and you're trying to make that station all of a sudden your stomach tests a little bit God, i got one more mile i hope you don't run out of, you know you, as you get toward the end of the race you have to be kind of feeling like don't don't let this scrambling get me right yeah it's uh i was i was really you know, just ready for the race to be done. It, it was, I was counting down the laps, you know, 20, 15, 10, and we didn't even get to five and it was done. And it's, you know, you just hope that everything's going all right. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you have bad luck and, uh, uh, like, like we did at that race. Well, there was a lot of these, those things that kind of jumped up and, and bit, bit the team this year, which is, is unfortunate because I think you would have had a lot more wins, but you had a tremendous season to start with. Hey, folks, stay with us. We'll have to take a short break, and we'll be right back with you. Hi, folks. Bill Gallagher with SolarFit here. Have you ever thought about utilizing solar power for your home or business? Well, there's never been a better time to plug into the sun and stop renting electricity. How would you like to let your roof start paying you each month? Give us a call at 445-7606, that's 445-7606, or visit us at SolarFit.com and set yourself free. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Hi folks, welcome back to the SolarFit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher with you with my bud here, Mr. Daniel Dye, champion racer driver, Daniel, thanks for the conversation starting out. Now I want to I want to dig in a little bit deep, if you don't mind. I want to okay. talk about some of these tracks that we went to. All right, let's uh, do it. Let's do one. Okay, let me think a minute. Eating mini money, Talladega. Talladega, Talladega is cool. It's it's a really it's the easiest racetrack we go to as far as driving alone goes. Um, not a whole lot going on. It's just big and wide. There is a big bump getting into three. There's a patch where I think maybe the tunnel is. Um, and it drops off getting into three. Um, so that, that place is really cool. Um, then you get in the draft and you're going about 15, 20 miles an hour quicker. Um, and then it gets hard because <laughs> you're, you know, you're three inches away from all the other cars around you. Um, that's when it gets tough. So, um, it's a lot of fun. Um, drafting is, is something that 
takes a while to get used to. Um, I thought it was really simple. I thought it was just get behind the guy in front of you. But, um, I mean, you got to line it up just about perfect and um, move to the right a little bit in the corners. Um, you know, instead of being directly behind them, you got to move um, about a foot to the right uh, to get a better run and to get a better draft off of them. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot going on. There's uh, a little bubble that the air creates between your front bumper and somebody's back bumper, and it's really hard to pop. And you gotta you got to go hard to pop it. Um, so there's a lot going on. It's it, it's crazy how much um, thinking and, and working that there really is. It doesn't look like it when you're watching it on TV, um, but, I mean, we're using the brake pedal and the gas pedal and doing all kinds of stuff to try and, you know, either break the bubble or catch somebody. You know, you you sometimes slow down to go faster to come pick somebody up behind you to help you draft. Yeah, talk about uh, side drafting. For Maybe there's some people out there that really are – Really love racing, but haven't heard about side drafting. Yeah, side drafting is crazy. So, um, obviously, in racing and in, in any um, motorsport, you want as much downforce with as little drag as you can get. Um, so, when so for Talladega and really anywhere that's a track that's longer than a mile, you're gonna have a bunch of air going over your car because you're going, what, 140 miles an hour. Um, And if you can pinch your air onto the car that you're racing and you can get it on their rear spoiler and multiply their drag by two or three, it's just going to slow them down. And you're going to be able to, you know, if they have a run on you and they're like five miles an hour faster than you and they're getting ready to pass you, then you can side draft them right you could take that five miles an hour back and maybe slow them down an extra three and now you've got the run. So there's a, all kinds of stuff that you can do. Um, side drafting is, is pretty crazy because it looks like you're going to wreck the other car. Cause you gotta, you gotta steer towards them and get, you know, three inches away from their car, um, you know, to be in the optimal position. So, um, it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, trying to go chase a car and you don't know if they're going to wiggle a little bit and you're going to hit and crash you just got to kind of trust that everybody knows what they're doing and uh go try and side draft them to you know either slow their run or help you pass them you know what's interesting is you know any any type of competitive sport you have athletes that that uh, excel in it right and that doesn't happen by happenstance It, it comes because they practice and they get better and better at it you know so for those folks out there that, that are maybe they're football fans or baseball fans or something like that or, or even marathon runners, there's a certain level of skill it takes to do that in practice. But I, I can tell you from experience and from watching Daniel and all these guys through the years that, that these race drivers are absolute athletes. You know, Daniel, what's, what, what occurs to me is, you know, you could get somebody to practice and they can turn a fast lap in a car, right? But there's no way that they can turn... 500 laps at that, that there's a tremendous amount of con you know c- concentration that's involved talk about that a little bit yeah so it's um it's really a, a grueling sport the inside of the race car can get to 130 140 degrees at some some point so um you know i've had times in the race car where i get tired within five laps and i'm like okay you need to calm down and save your body 
Um, but at other times, you know, it's it's the end of the race, and I feel great because I've been calm, and it's it's go time. And you know, the last seven laps, you're using your body to its full extent because you know it's 130 degrees. You're breathing that 130 degree air. Um, you got exhaust fumes and stuff in there, um, which we have uh, now a fan that goes in there, um, so that I'm breathing fresh air. Um, but it's 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 crazy, really. It, you know, it doesn't look like we're doing much other than driving the car. Um, but you got to think. So you know, let's say you're taking a three hour road trip. You're gonna be tired after a three hour road trip. Now, take a three hour road trip at 180 miles an hour, and uh, you know, slipping and sliding and bumping and banging and all kinds of stuff. You got to, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. So I've had some races where I've been really worn out. Um, and, and had to go get like an IV to get rehydrated and all that stuff. So um, it's, it's it's just like every other sport. You just got to do it to get better, and uh, conditioning is huge. Conditioning is huge. Yeah, you, you made mention of, of, first of all, anybody that drives for three hours realizes that they can't do it without going to the restroom. <laughs> but yeah. you're, you're burning so much fluids when you're in the car that that doesn't seem to be an issue. But, um, you know, when you're riding in a car driving up to South Carolina and your pulse is 72, it's a little different than driving 190 miles an hour and your pulse is 140. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're a hyper, hyper uh, attentive to what's going on and the people in front of you are two inches in front of you and they're trying to pass you. So it's a, it's a crazy sport. So sure. I actually um, wear my Apple Watch during the races and I keep track of my heart rate uh, for these races. So what was the last race we went to? That was what, Toledo. So we're gonna. I'm gonna go in here. I'm gonna find Toledo, and we're gonna figure out what my uh, what my heart rate was during like the peak of that race. So this month in all of October, my the, my highest heart rate was 189, Whoa. and I want to say that was Bristol. That was September 24th. So that was Bristol, um, and that's you know that was it's saying well, that was a late race. Um, that was about midnight that night where uh, I forgot how late that race was. I think that's what it's saying. And, um, you know, you you kind of just get in the zone and you don't realize how hard you're working. But um, I never realized it till I, I open the app on my phone and, and look at what my heart rate is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it gets high, like you said. You know, it's, um, you know, running. When I, when I run and I go, like, play paintball or something, I wear my watch, too, and I get to about – 120 130 you know when i'm doing um elliptical training or whatever at the gym and you know and get on the bike and go crazy it gets to about 140 um but it's crazy in the race car it, it gets to 190 sometimes yeah i think i think that's probably about what the astronauts experience but they only experience it for just a few seconds during liftoff when you're when you're racing and you're doing multiple hours like that burns a tremendous amount of calories what's what's it what's it like what would be a typical re- routine if uh i know hydration has got to be a big part of it when you're training yeah so um really you want to start hydrating um really the week before a race um five days is is really about when i start and just drink uh you know multiple bottles of water a day and just get your body used to accepting that much water um and then you know, you need to make sure that you're sweating when you're working out. When you stop sweating, you know you're dehydrated. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of drinking. You got to make sure you're eating the right stuff. 
um, the night before a race, I'll usually eat pretty heavy. Like I usually get a big steak and a salad and some bread and get get all the stuff that you need to have in your body. And then during the day uh, before the race, it's nothing heavy, just so you know you don't get sick in the car. Um, like oranges, salads, um, you know, stuff like that. So um, chicken is always good. I like eating chicken before a race. Um, for whatever reason, I've found that that. Um, you know, I'm not usually especially tired when I get some chicken in me and it gets to work on that during the race. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I'm, I'm still trying to learn all the nutrition stuff, um, to be able to be as good as I can be, um, you know, nutrition wise. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, um, to see, you know, what helps you do what in the race car. Yeah, and the other thing that you're dealing with is is uh, your your fire suit and your fire underwear, right? You have to wear that to be safe, and that's that has additional heat to your body. And it'd be interesting to 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 determine how many calories you burn in a in a typical three hour race. It's got to be massive. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, I've talked about this a couple times with some people, but um, so I'm pretty skinny. I'm I'm about 140, 150 pounds. Um, not a whole lot of body fat, so I. My body temperature is not as regulated as somebody like Ryan Newman, who's a little bit of a bigger guy, got some muscle on him, got some body fat on him. Um, his body temperature doesn't change as much as mine does. So you see, you know, even though he doesn't look like he's, you know, the most athletic person in the world, um, he's not as tired after a race, you know, as I would be just because his body temperature is more regulated. Um, you know, that's why you see. Um, Bubba Pollard in in the late model stuff, you know, goes and runs a 200 lap race, wins it, gets out of the car looking like he only ran five laps. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it. I'm working on it, trying to learn it all, so I can be the best I can be in the race. Well, Bubba Bubba's going to have an argument about that. He wants beef. He doesn't want chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, you know one of my favorite tracks, which is Milwaukee. Yep. That is like a super cool place. Yeah, Milwaukee's great. Um, where did we finish there this year? I think third, third or second. Um, last year I finished third. Um, it's a mile racetrack. It's pretty flat. There's a little bit of banking, but not really much at all. Um, straightaways are super long. Corners are fairly tight. Um, really, I would I would say that if you took Martinsville, you know, the NASCAR Cup Series runs on, and you doubled it in size and, and made the corners just a little bit less tight, um, it would be about the same. Really fast corners, um, even though it is flat, you are going really fast, uh, especially going into turn one after that super long front stretch. Uh, you carry a lot of speed, um, so side drafting is big there. And you know, getting clean air on your nose, you want to make sure that you're not directly following somebody in a corner so you can get as much downforce as you can. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a little dip in three and four where you can put your tire to help you turn a little bit faster. Um, one and two, there's these big bumps that you got to make sure you don't hit or you have to go around. So uh, a lot going on at Milwaukee. It's uh, I think it's usually a 200 lap race, so it's it's a fairly long race, um, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite tracks too. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what else is cool about visiting these tracks, Daniel, is they've been around for. 50, 60, 70 years, and, and uh, you know, so, you know, A.J. Foyt and Roger Ward and some of these people that are just iconic 
heroes of the of, of motorsports have driven there and uh, going there to see it. You do so well. It's just exciting. It's exciting for all of us. Believe me, we're in the car with you. You don't know it. <laughs> but unfortunately, I haven't lost any weight. I don't know what's going on. Oh right? man. <laughs> Well, man, we're almost out of time, Daniel. Thank you so much. We're going to do this again, folks. We've got an exciting announcement that's coming up this week. So when you hear this show on Saturday, that week, we're going to make a big announcement. It'll be on this show, and we'll get Daniel to come back uh, probably within the next month to talk about what's going on there. So stay tuned to that. If you, if, you, if you watch the news, you'll hear all about it. But tune in for sure. You probably wonder, what are we talking about racing? It's a solar fit renewable energy show. Well, to me... Uh, Racing is energy. You know, you've got uh, you know you've got kinetic energy and you've got potential energy, and racing's all about energy. And of course, solar is part of the energy mix. And you know, uh, thanks again to the Daytona Dodge Group for allowing us to help them with solar power in their facility. Pretty darn awesome. What do you think about that? Daniel? Absolutely, super cool. We, uh, you know, it's helping us with, you know, the new, um, the new fleet and wave of of electrified cars that are coming in too. So. Um, solar energy is obviously really important um, right now, but especially with you know all the new electric cars coming out in the next you know three to five years, um, solar is going to be huge. So um, I think everybody's excited about it. We're we're super excited to have the the solar panels on the dealership and uh, help us with um, just electrifying uh, what we do. So super excited to have everything going on there. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for allowing us to to assist you in, in what you're doing with the race to stop suicide. Really important that we. We all pay close attention to it. Folks, we're going to sign off for now. Daniel, thanks for coming in. Good luck here the next week or two, and we'll be back on short on the air shortly. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Okay, folks. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. SolarFit Renewable Energy Radio Show paid for by SolarFit.